Awakening, Advice for Newbies, The Leather Archive and Museum, and Too Many Tentacles. BDSM and non-standard relationships. Power exchange and polyamory. Sacred sexuality and fetishes. As, as well as simply fun kink. kink. You'll find shows on these topics and more at eroticawakeningpodcastnetwork.com. Erotic Awakening Podcast is sponsored in part by The Cage, a new home for BDSMers just like you. Visit us at thecage.co. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. <gasps> right now, you should have already stopped. Why are you still listening, you naughty boy? <laughs> Hi, Dan. Hi, Don. So today on the podcast, we are going to give some advice for newbies from us veterans of the BDSM and power exchange realm. I guess at 15 years, we can call ourselves veterans. 15. Yeah, see, you're still behind. We've Am been I? doing the, our. You know what? Our first... Interview was almost 18 years ago. So our first play party was? 17 years ago. And we've been going since. And at the other end of the Advice for Newbies, we uh-huh. are also going to have an interview with Rick, the executive director of the Leather Archive and Museum in Chicago. They are celebrating an anniversary, and we had an opportunity to sit down with Rick and talk about that and talk about the importance of the Leather Archives. If you're in the Chicago land, it's well worth checking out. And if you're not in Chicago, go there and check it out anyway. Yeah, it really is. It's worth the visit. So I, I was amazed at how big it was and I, everything that they have in there. It's uh, Yeah, and, and he talked about expanding it to being bigger. There's a 100-plus auditor- person auditorium in there. Yeah. And our book is among the books in it the is, it is. Leather Archive and Museum. They so just had nice. a leather contest in there in the oh, auditorium. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. And that room of leather vest, oh, yeah, we talked to Rick <laughs> about it, so. <laughs> but before we get into that, Dawn, uh, where we are going to start with is, uh, and the reason the advice for newbies uh, came up, uh, not only was it asked of us, because we do have a fair number of people that uh, listen to the podcast that have never actually been to a kink event mm-hmm. or people that haven't gone to their first munch yet. But just today, I was reading an uh, article on the Fet Life. It was actually a question. Can I have a master-slave relationship that's not sexual? Oh. And it was posted by a very young person, very new to the BDSM realm. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought it was interesting, the different levels of advice that they got. Ranging from yes to no, basically. In, in right, digest. and everything in between. So we're going to give our advice for newbies on a variety of topics. Uh, that one, sure, you can have a non-sexual BDSM relationship. Absolutely. And my first piece of advice for newbies is feel confident to stick with what you think you want out of the lifestyle. Everything is allowed. Nothing is the truth. Now, that's kind of a wacky thing to say, mm-hmm. but... If you believe that you want to get involved in in BDSM, but you only want to top, and you only want to top boys, and you only want to do flogging, and that's when you think, and that's what makes you hot and horny, or that's just what what draws what you're drawn to, Mm -hmm. then stick to that. Right. Be okay with the idea that that's what you want to start with. Um. Because somebody's going to tell you that's wrong. Somebody's going to tell you that's not the way to do it. Right. And the reality is everything is the way to do it. There's, as long as it's ethical, there's no right or wrong way to do the lifestyle. 
So I totally agree with that. And, you know, if someone's telling her that she can't have a power exchange relationship without sex, then she's talking to the wrong people because there's those of us out there that have had those relationships without sex and they've been pretty damn viable so and powerful and you know so yeah take take everything you hear with a grain of salt especially mm-hmm. if it's online and we were given a variety of advice that we later found out was not particularly mm-hmm. uh, valid for us uh, I was told I cannot be a master because I was under 35 years old I was uh, we've heard more than once that to be an effective top you have to first bottom to be an effective master, you first have to be a slave. Um, all kinds of stuff like that where, for us, we found out none of that to be particularly true. Right. Or the fact that um, I like to priestess top makes me a switch. <laughs> and it doesn't at all. So I, I have no switchy feelings. I mean, I can co-top with you. But, um, yeah. So people try to label me when those labels don't feel right. So... You know, you wear your own labels if you want labels at all. So you can define what you want in this life. And that leads me to my second piece of advice for newbies is don't get stuck believing you know what you want, which mm-hmm. seems to counter, be counterintuitive to what I just said as the first thing. But the reality is if you want to walk into it thinking, here's the way I want to approach this, then you should you have the right to do that. But always there's always the idea that keep an open mind. And don't get stuck in pigeonholing yourself and labeling yourself to the extent that you're not allowed to grow or look at different things. I certainly know a number of people that came into the lifestyle as one thing. And after they were around for a while, they realized, hey, you know what? I'm a lot more comfortable as some other thing. Mm -hmm. I started as a top and I ended up being a bottom. We certainly know more than one people, person that came in as a master and ended up being a slave and the other way around as well and people that have dropped off the whole master slave spectrum and just became playful Mm -hmm. and some that started out power exchange and ended up switching it to princess or tribal or you know anything like that sadist you know there was one slave that changed her title to sadist Mm -hmm. because that's what she was she was a slave that was a sadist and you know you can have those combinations so don't pigeon self pigeonhole yourself but if your fetish is your fetish it's your fetish Mm -hmm. right so sometimes people only have one or two things that turn them on and that's their thing and that's okay not to mention as time goes by maybe your fetishes will change as well Mm mm-hmm so I've, that's two pieces of advice I've given so far. You, well, because I have one that was one of the cards in the Kingstarter deck that absolutely. I wanted to throw away. And now I want to try it, try it, try it. Because of something I tasted during one of our workshops when an audience member said, Hey, have you tried spanking her feet? Oh, okay. Right? <laughs> and bastinado is something I've never been interested in. I totally in. thought you were talking about the CBT card. No, no, no. No, the other one. Why? Are you ready to do CBT? I am not. I have not changed <laughs> Hey, that I've been trained, though. That's good. <laughs> so, but now I'm all interested in bastinado. Not at, like a heavy caning scene, which is the first scene I ever saw, right? It was a mm-hmm. punishment bastinado scene, which is probably what turned me off of it. What I forgot was that I like rubbing my bare feet on the carpet. I like that sensation. It makes me wet. Well, when you spanked my feet, that was a, oh, (laughs) maybe I do like that word. So after, what, 17, 18 years, whatever, 
you know, we still find that some things we didn't think we would mm-hmm. like, we do. Yeah. So it depends on the situation. It depends on the per- person. Electrical play. First thing I ever went to, and that was before you, that was actually with the ex-husband. Mm-hmm. There was little demo stations. And one of them was the violet wand. The violet wand. I keep wanting to say violet. <laughs> the violet wand. Tried it with the ex-husband. Hated it. Never wanted to try it again. Then I hooked up with you, tried it with you, or it was someone else, I don't remember, and um, another demo station, loved it. So, ugh, maybe if you don't like something, give it a try again. Yep. So, anyway, that's my thought at the moment. Uh, my next piece of advice for the newbies, and uh, this is one you, you just can't replicate any other way via the internet, via FetLife, via Second Life, via anything. You have to actually... I am a strong proponent that you'll have to actually go to an event at some point to really have to find out if this is who you are or not. Right. And I understand that it's scary, especially if you're doing this by yourself, going to something for the first time, whether it's a BDSM event or Toastmasters, you know, going to the first time by yourself and not really sure what all the rules are and stuff can be challenging. But most of the events out there, that most of the events that Don and I are familiar with are very welcoming to new people. And there's there's often meet and greets and there's all kinds of things that are set up just to help newcomers come in. And the reality is at a 600 person event, nobody knows that you're a newbie. They don't give a rat's butt about you. Just come in and look around. There's no requirement to play. There's no requirement to do anything. Attend a couple classes or not. Walk around the dungeon that night or not. It doesn't matter. Uh, but I think to really get a feel for the energy of what the, the BDSM community is like, you, you, you just, or the leather community or the master-slave community, you have to go to one of the events that targets that community to really get a f- Just like, you know, I could tell you all day how great a 3D movie is, but until you go to one and put the glasses on, you know, and you may or may not enjoy it, but you won't really understand it until you say, oh, that's what they're talking about. Exactly. So, and it can be really um, uh, hard to do, challenging. It can be really challenging if you're an introvert. So I actually went to the um, AIS meet and greet Friday night for a little while. And there was someone sitting off to the side that I remember from the introvert group. Mm-hmm. Right? So he's sitting off to the side and no one's talking with them. And it's because it was the beginning of the meet and greet. Everybody was catching up on people that they already knew, right? So, hey, how you doing? What you been up to? And um, so I went over and talked to him while I was waiting on somebody. And, um, you know, I introduced myself, reminded him where he would know me from, and, um, and then asked him, you know, just chatted with him for a little bit. And finally he said, you know, this is my second time here, and I just don't know how to butt into conversations and talk to people. So I sit here and hope people will come over and talk to me, Right. And I said, okay, well, that can be challenging for people as well. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad you admitted that and that you've given it a second try, right? So, and then we, we talked for a little bit longer. And then he's like, you know, if you know of anybody that would be okay with talking to me, can you let them know that I would like to talk to them? Right. And I was like, absolutely. And that's what I did. You know, I, I wished him well, but then I went and talked to some other people and I found some extroverts and I'm like, you know, that person over there, I've I've met him twice already. He's not a bad guy. Can you, but he's shy. So Mm -hmm. can you go over and just say hi to him and make him feel welcome? I did that to like three people. And during the night I saw 
each of them go over oh, and, and attempt to talk to him. One of the uh, new things we do at the space is the introverts gather, which mm-hmm. has been really nice and one of my favorite things. And we'll actually be teaching uh, BDSM for introverts at Kinko de Maya, or I'm sorry, KDM is how they label it. Right. We'll talk right. more about that. We'll actually do an episode on BDSM for introverts coming up shortly. I like that. In a few episodes. I like that. So now another p- a piece of advice that I would give newbies, which I've actually been giving newbies um, a few times, uh, Utah. So mm-hmm. um, uh, one of the girls that we met there, podcast listener, don't remember if we have, I don't remember if we have permission to say her name or not. Okay. Shoot. Um, but anyway, you know, she's like, so this is my first live event. You know, I've done everything else online. You know, what advice would you give a newbie? And I'm like, well, right off the bat, I'm going to tell you to take it slow. Mm -hmm. You know, take it slow. I know so many new people that jump in and during their first event, they've done knife play and needles and porcupine quills and hung (laughs) upside down by their toes. And you know what I mean? They've tried everything. And then when you ask them, well, how did that feel? They don't know because they've moved from sure. one thing to the other to the other, and they haven't taken the time to process anything. Yeah. They haven't taken the time to, to just experience the little nuances, right? It, it reminds me of the time you and I went to DC, Washington, D.C., and we went to like, all of the Smithsonian museums the same day. Right. You, you forget how cool the first four was because the fifth is the one you're in. Right. So, yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. And another couple that we came into the lifestyle with, they were the ones that were like, no, we need to try everything at once. Well, then they got bored because mm-hmm. they had tried everything. Whereas after 17, 18 years, I've still got stuff on my fantasy list that I want to make happen. So the other thing is, is don't go so slow that you miss yeah. out on some opportunities. Because if I had gone really slow at Dark Odyssey... I wouldn't have experienced the objectification room, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, do experiences because you don't know because we've never made it back to that event. I would never have experienced it if I hadn't done it then. But don't go in and do everything at once. So, but yeah, be brave and courageous and do right. some stuff that's a little scary. But um, yeah, just not all at once. Very cool. So there's some basic advice for newbies. The, the other one I'll throw out there real quick is, don't worry about what you're wearing. That <laughs> That's usually the first question, yes. isn't it? What, what do I wear? I wear? It I, doesn't really matter. I remember having that question as well. <laughs> I tell you, there's, there's, there's people that dress all in black leather, and there's people that dress in Hawaiian shirts and everything in between. Everything in between and naked. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I will say that the, um, lately we have seen uh, a little bit more of the suit and tie making a comeback. Which I noticed quite, that. Quite a good look for some people. Yes. So there's some advice for newbies. If you would like to give us advice on podcasting or any other reason to contact us, you can get a hold of us at Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Or go to our website and do the Got Comment form on the webpage. You can find us on Facebook if that's your thing. We have a group there called Erotic Awakening, but it's one word, Erotic Awakening. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, I guess that's how you pronounce it. That's one word. <laughs> erotic awakening. And we've had a couple people ask us how to find us on FetLife. So we have a group there, Erotic Awakening, two words. Just look for the owners, and that would be us. Other ways to contact us as well is where we will be presenting past podcast episodes, linked to the newsletter, and other stuff can be found at eroticawakening.com. Nice. Speaking of the newsletter, we've got some new some new people and I didn't make the March newsletter. So See, that's I got January and February, but I skipped March well, and now we're into April. Which so. is funny. We, you've skipped a month, but suddenly we've got new subscribers. Right. 
<laughs> so new subscribers, uh, I'm, let me see. Now I'm going to do this backwards. One, two, three, four, five. So you go first. And I'll explain why in a minute. Okay. So I'm doing Bend Over Shirley from the <laughs> Midwest USA. <laughs> and John from Buffalo, New York. And Nadi Kitka from Michigan. Pink Whip from Baltimore. Oh, you're doing it so you don't have to pronounce the last one. Although I think I just got it. I think it's Z... Xerosis. Xerosis, yeah. From St. Catharines, Ontario, Canada. So really kind of an East Coast kind of bend on today. Well, yeah. Midwest. There's Midwest, one Shirley. to Midwest. Yeah, the rest is East Coast. Where's the so, Midwest? Michigan. Is that Midwest? I thought that would be East. No. Oh, okay, you know what? Yeah, Ohio. it's Wester. Then. People call Ohio Midwest, so what do we know? Yeah, and Michigan's Westerner, Westerer, then. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome Ohio. all news, new podcast, or I'm sorry, new subscribers to the newsletter. Welcome to having your name set on air. Hey, you know who else likes having their name set on air? Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by KJ Canes, home of the original designer glow-in-the-dark and light-up canes. It's where art and pleasure come together to suit your unique style. They have the biggest selection of canes on the net. And it's more than canes. Check out the brand new KJCanes.com for a great selection of hand-poured low-temp paraffin and soy wax candles. As well as all the basics such as gags, collars, fetish jewelry, nipple clamps, whips, floggers, paddles, vibes, and more. And they have a lovely cane that they made me with the octopus <laughs> medallion on the top. It's a purple and green cane <laughs> with the octopus stop, on it. Stop stop lusting we, over your cane. We haven't we haven't used it yet. Can fin we? finish your promo. Oh. There's more? Yes. <laughs> I missed it. Sorry. EA listeners get 10% off orders of $25 or more with the discount code DND16. KJCanes.com. You got all excited about I your did. toy. <laughs> There's more? So I was thinking, we haven't used the cane yet. I mean, we've played with it a little bit, but we haven't used it yet. So maybe on the bastinado... <laughs> ah, kind of combine them together there. Exactly. Uh, we do want to, so, but we did have the opportunity to meet uh, people from the KJ Canes, and we very much appreciate them coming back and being sponsors again on the podcast. They've re-upped for another six months. Nice. If you are a podcast listener and you are sitting around on your uh, Scrooge McDuck style money bags wondering, how can I support the podcast? Head over to KJ Kane's, buy some stuff. You're going to buy it anyway, you know. And trust me, you don't want to go to... Um, <laughs> you, you don't want to go to some of the more well-known providers of fetish wear and gear that they're just buying and you're getting cheap crap made from overseas. Uh, go to KJ Kane's and get it from people that give a shit about what they're doing and support the lifestyle and support Erotic Awakening Podcast. Nice. Thank you. I thought that you were going in a totally different direction, by the way. When oh, I me? Said, yes. I thought you were going to talk about the fantastic Lovecraft Hobbit. Oh, yeah? Lovecraft Hobbit is a super fan. And a Lovecraft, super fan? A super fan. Which, by the way, um, I think we stole that from Big Fatty. Oh, nice. Oh, you remember Big More Fatty? More than likely. Oh, I used to love listening to Big Fatty. I forget how we found out about Lovecraft Habit, Hobbit being a fan of the podcast. I don't remember. Somebody walked up to us in some conversation and said, oh, Lovecraft Hobbit told us about your podcast. He loves the podcast. I don't even know if it was a he. They love the podcast. Right. And we're like, oh, okay, can we mention them on the podcast? So there you go. You've been mentioned over and over again, Lovecraft Hobbit. You should write us and send us pictures of your boobs with food on them. 
You're assuming it's a girl, or do I you don't not care? care? <laughs> you put all these tentacle links you've got, and I got nothing. Well, I've only um, got one tentacle link to mention today. Do you now? I do. Well, you know what? I've got... Um, no, you've got two, actually. Do I? Yes, yeah, so you go ahead and tell us about uh, Void George. Oh, yeah? I'm going to get this reminder from in here. Nice, nice. Can you let the puppy dog out while you're at it? Sure. So the tentacle link that I have is from Void George. So big tentacle fan. Likes to send me a lot of pictures. This one, he was on a trip. Oh, that's right. He was on a trip in Florida, I think he said, at an antique store. And he found a picture of an octopus lamp. So it kind of looks like a stained glass octopus with brass tentacles. So it's actually pretty amazing. And then we've also got Chip the Tentacle Guy, who sent me a tentacle pin. So <laughs> it's really awesome. So it's now in my in my glass mug that someone else gave me at a P, I think the first PXS that has tentacles on it. And it is now sticking out of my tentacle mug. So my office is becoming tentacleized. So anyway, well, another thing. So something else. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I've also got a bungee. I have a bungee here too. Shibari? Yes, yes. Oh, the yes. Shibari dress. Um, you don't remember the Shibari thing? It's been no, a little while. No, I don't. It's been a couple of weeks. We haven't got it's, through all of the It's a commercially yet. sold Shibari dress line. It's like, you know, Adam and Eve kind of thing, where they're right? selling the Shibari dresses. It was quite oh. um, <laughs> strange. Kind of neat. Kind of neat. I'll have to pull up that link again and take another look. So, awesome, awesome. Um, God, something else that I wanted to talk about. Oh, you know what? There's a couple of things on here I want to talk about. You're all over the place, young lady. Where are you going to go now? Well, that was weird. That was weird. So a little blip, little blip in the mobile studio. So, but do you know what I'd like to talk about next? Uh, I hope it's your Naughty 101 update. It is. It is. So um, some of you guys may know that uh, we started talking about our Naughty 101 list and then Dan stopped me. <laughs> so I didn't get to share what it was, but uh, it's probably okay because I haven't shared it all with him yet or <laughs> with the boyfriend, Big D. So, um, but one of the things that was on there... I actually got to do at Kinky College. So I went on to the Kinky College FET group and put an announcement out that I had a couple of fantasies on my naughty list that I wanted to uh, make happen, so or that it would be cool to make happen. And somebody spoke up about one of them. And the one that they spoke up about and offered themselves for was the, um, it's kind of, some people would call it a Jill party, but I don't know that it's considered a party, but regardless. Um, what it is, is that uh, I wanted to do a self-pleasuring scene where me and another girl were hip to hip. So we're naked and we're laying down side by side and feeling each other's energy while we self-pleasure. Mm -hmm. So, and that's what I wanted to do. But to me, the hotness is doing it in front of people, right? So the person that spoke up said they were kind of nervous about doing it in front of people and could we do it privately? So I was thinking about it, and I wasn't really sure that I wanted to do it privately, but maybe that'd be naughty too. And then a third person spoke up who was their friend. And they said that if the three of us could do it, then the shy friend would be more apt to do it. 
So we all three talked and that's what we did. And we set up a time Friday night. Did we do it Friday night? And yes. there's a intimate room at KDM. So, or not KDM, Kinky College. So Kinky College has the big dungeon, the medical dungeon, the rope dungeon, and then they have an intimate dungeon or sensual dungeon. And they got mattresses all laid out. And um, we only had like 20 minutes to do this in because someone had just finished up a scene and someone else had a scene in like 25 minutes. So we were going to cram this in there. And um, <laughs> it's, it's like, okay, so how do we know when to stop? And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to set an alarm. So we go into the intimate room. We, it's, it's like, okay, everybody strip. So all of us stripped. And then we all laid side by side. They brought toys. I didn't. I don't need toys. And uh, that's what we did. And when the alarm went off, one of them yelled, pencils down, hands up. <laughs> and all three of us threw our hands in the air. And um, our time was up. So, But it was, it was actually a lot of fun. I, I may have to do that again at cope (laughs) just because i liked it and it was fun but i think having a lot of women together on a mat Mm -hmm. and all of us self-pleasuring i just think that'd be really awesome and i think people would like to watch it oh absolutely if i get a lot of exhibitionists and you know the one that was really shy and didn't know she could do it in front of people i mean we did it in a mattress in the back of the room but people could still see us she actually thanked me because she didn't know she wouldn't have known to put that on her bucket list Right. And ended up having a great time. So that was really neat. I enjoyed that one. So I threw three options out there and people took me up on one and it turned out really great. So like I said, I think I'm going to make a bigger, I've been telling people about it here in Columbus. So maybe at Cope, we might have a a big Jill party and yeah. So, so the 101 list isn't a one and done thing. It's a (laughs) <laughs> Ooh, I just found something else I like. I may have to do this again. <laughs> Very cool. So it's one of the 39 things accomplished. Did, now, did I, I have it not... I, you know, I did not knock off a new thing off my 101 list. Uh-huh. But the one that I knocked off last... Right. ...apparently was the beginning of a scene that continued uh, two states over. Right, right. So, <laughs> so that's at not bad. Kiki College, so that's not bad at all. So, yep. So now we have um, we have West Virginia coming up this weekend. Yep. We've got an all day intensive, and then there's a private party afterwards. And we're going to talk about that right now, and, and then we're going to put in our interview for the Leather Archives. Even though we still have a lot of stuff on our notes that we're going to have to wait till next episode to get oh. to. For example, the subs and service subs and that service just happened. We have to talk about and our. Foreign correspondence checking in. Exactly. Well, but before we get there... Is there a FET group for the West Virginia one? Well, I was just looking at... There actually, I don't know if there's a, there is a FET group, I'm sure. Because I wanna... There are only two tickets left for the MEST Charlotte West Virginia Presents Dan and Dawn. Oh, that's going to be fun. That's the MS Tensive all day. I think doors open at 9, starts at 10, and we go till 6. So that's going to be me and Dan talking all day. So we may have enough energy for the party that night. But I was thinking of throwing out maybe another 101. Do you have a particular one in mind that you want to <laughs> No, but I'll go through the list. So um, I'd be willing to do a Jill party again. The Bastinado. I'm interested in the Bastinado or a heavy caning scene. So I haven't had a heavy caning scene because the stuff on my 101 list isn't all new stuff. Some of it's stuff I want to do again. Well, that there is indeed a group, Mast Charleston. Ooh. That um, that's out there, and we didn't talk about our new toy. 
No, but oh we'll have to gosh. again. We'll have to get to that as well next episode because that was pretty awesome as well. Yes. But for now, we're going to go into a uh, conversation with the executive director producer. I called him nine different titles during the interview. <laughs> Rick, uh, who's not only a very generous and gracious human being, uh, but also just a fine fellow and the um, custodian of the Leather Archives and Museum. Uh, again, it's one of those things you just got to check it out. Absolutely. So, Dawn, it was certainly one of the great joys of our life to visit the Leather Archives and Museum and have the executive director, Rick, take us into the secret dark underbelly of it. Oh, that was so much fun, Which he may well do for everybody, but we're going to assume it was special for us. A little special at the moment. Rick, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. It's certainly my pleasure to be here. Now, is that correct, Leather? You're the executive producer of the Leather Archives and Museum? Executive director. Executive director. So what is your, is that a day-to-day job? Is it a hobby? Uh, no, it's my it's my job. It's my paying job. It's what I do for forty plus hours a week, uh, and it really is kind of just running the day to day operations of the Leather Archives and Museum. A lot of fundraising work uh, and working with our professional staff that take care of all of our collections. Okay, so so what is it? What is the Leather Archives and Museum? The Leather Archives and Museum is the only institution in the United States that is an archives and a library and a museum that's dedicated to leather kink BDSM sexuality. So we have uh, library materials, we have archival collections that researchers use, and then we have a 10,000 square foot two-story museum that people can walk through and learn all about the history of leather, fetish, and kink. So it is literally a physical building. Yes, it's a and, physical building in Chicago. And honestly, the first time I heard of the Leather Archives and Museum, I was like, oh, well, this is probably just going to be this little closet of a space, and, you know, is it really a museum? And then we stopped by it and saw the building, and you kind of get this little, little flutter in the chest mm. of, oh, this is going to be more than what I thought. And, you know, and you walk in, and it's, it's big, and you've got that room with the vest in it you know, the, the people's leathers that they've donated to the museum and, you know, just the whole, it was much more than a closet. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think a lot of people, when they think sex museum, they think right. of, of little, in the back of a sex shop, a little corner that right. they've set up right. maybe in a display case or two. But no, this this is a full 10,000 square foot. We have a 164-seat auditorium there. So we, we take it very seriously. Nice. So, so what is the value of it? I mean, why, why bother to have a museum for leather? I think it's important for sexuality in general to be saved. Uh, Sex is part of the human condition. It's something that almost all of us do and have. Uh, And so it's very important for it to be saved. And mainstream museums, you know, city museums or your public library or your uh, university archives have done a fairly poor job at saving a record and evidence of sexuality. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it's important for many institutions to exist. And the Leather Archives and Museum just happens to be dedicated to kink and fetish and leather sexuality. Is Is it big enough? It, the building that we're in now, mm-hmm. is that what you're asking? Yes. Uh, it, is, it is not. We've been in the building <laughs> where we're in now for about, let's see, we moved in 99. So we've been in there, you know, for a good 17 years. And we're, we're probably about five or six years away from running out of space at that museum. So then we'll be figuring out what's next right. from there. 
Nice. Maybe grow it up a couple of stories so you don't have to move. Yeah. Or we've talked space. about satellite locations in other right. cities. We've talked about Ooh. maybe putting the exhibit space someplace that has more foot traffic because we're in Rogers Park in Chicago, which is a little bit out of the way from, you know, the kind of the downtown area. So mm -hmm. we're just talk looking at all different options for that. Nice. Do you guys have a travel with it? Do you have a, I seem to recall that you were doing a traveling exhibit version of the... L.A.M. Yeah, we have a few different versions of traveling exhibits that, uh, uh, small exhibits that kind of are a piece of our collection or focus on a specific type of our history. So uh, right now we have a leather preservation exhibit that we're taking around. You know, Don, you were talking about the room at the museum where you can see everybody's mm, vests. Yes. And so we're really bringing that out on the road oh. uh, so people can experience that outside of Chicago, but also so we can talk with people a little bit about how we preserve leathers and when we get uh, a piece of leather in, how we make that last for as long as possible. Nice. So I just think, like I said, I just walk, I don't know what it is, but just to walk in that room and think that there are so many memories in that room. So many people that have passed and, you know, their leather didn't get passed down to someone else, but it got given to the museum. So, yeah, yeah it's just amazing to me. It gives me chills. Do you have a particularly favorite uh, exhibit or favorite piece? There is, in our auditorium, we have an exhibit of uh, murals by the artist Etienne, who, who was really the founding collection of the Leather Archives and Museum. Um, and so I, I think it's because they're, they're so large. I mean, these were wall murals from leather bars back in the 1950s and 60s. They're very large. Uh, Dom had an amazing eye for capturing fantasy. And so putting into visual, visualization uh, practices that you really can't do. And maybe I should be a little more specific and talk about the uh, car wash mural that we have. And he just envisioned what a human car wash might look hmm. like and somebody going through the brushes and the, you know, the various uh, pieces of machinery, sticking things in body parts. And it's just, it's a beautiful painting and my personal favorite piece at the Leather Archives. I, nice. I'm sure that somebody has done that as a fantasy scene at some contest <laughs> at this point. I'm sure. <laughs> so how can I find out more about the L.A.N.M.? Uh, we, because we are in Chicago, but we collect stuff from all over the United States, we have a pretty substantial um, online presence. Okay. Uh, and so leatherarchives.org is our website. Uh, but we're very active on social media, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Pinterest, Instagram, Tumblr, pretty much all of them. Um, so it's a way for us not only to promote the museum, but also to share our collections. We digitize a lot of what we have hmm. and then share that through the various social media platforms. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Very neat. You know, it makes me want to become a researcher so I can hit those archives down in the that lower level again just to <laughs> research stuff. It's amazing stuff. Well, it is. Well, it is, you know, because like Dan... Dan and I are actually part of that history kind of now in, in a little itty bitty way, but you know, our book is in there. There's probably run books in there that have us listed as presenters or something. Sure, I don't know. Sure. So it kind of makes you feel a little invested in it too. So. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I would love to see at the appropriate time, our um, title vest from GLLA. That's, I think it's the appropriate 
other things I would hand down to other people, but that was, that's where I would like to see that show up. As a matter of fact, now you have a recording of that. Yes, you just commitment. Bust in, commitment. Bust in at the wake and say, hey, that, that's fine. Come here, right here. Uh, Rick, thank you very much. Yep. Music for the Erotic Awakening podcast is provided by PocketUniverseMusic.com. Go there and buy their music. Bye, Dan. Bye, Don.